Welcome back to Amazing Horse Country. Amazing Horse Country is a unique and positive style of relational horsemanship. We're down to earth, honest, and well, we just really enjoy horses. The eyes can do a thousand things that the fingers cannot. That quote is from an unknown source and likely hundreds of years old, and it has a lot of meaning. Welcome to Equine Mythbusters, and in this episode, The Horse's Eyes. In my travels as a clinician, I have the grand opportunity to hear many thoughts on the horse, many exceptional and heartfelt stories, differing styles of training, intriguing ideas of horsemanship. I have also heard a great many myths. Many common myths seem to keep floating around despite our knowledge of the contrary. Myths are passed down to every new generation of riders from many sources, parents, coaches, riding clubs, and associations. This isn't done with ill intent. In fact, it can be quite the opposite. Folks are simply providing education and assistance. How do myths originate? Let's start off by looking at what the definition of myth is. The Oxford Learner's Dictionary defines myth as Something that many people believe, but that does not exist or is false. Myths arise from our intrinsic human need to make sense of what we see. The human mind is exceptionally creative, and we come up with some incredible explanations, albeit without any factual or scientific knowledge to back them up. Myths arise when these explanations are taught or shared. When we are new to horses, our minds are blank chalkboards waiting to be filled. And because of our desire to learn, we can be open to let anyone write anything there. We accept explanations without fact-checking because we need to believe in something to have some tangible piece to hang on to, to be able to explain what we see or experience. This is further compounded by the human need for affirmation. This happens when we realize a desire to offer an informative piece of knowledge to someone. By pushing our theory on a person and having them acknowledge it, it affirms that what we're saying is correct. An idea becomes a fact because people accept it, not because it's truly factual. Here's an example of a myth in the human world. Consider this statement. Humans only use 10% of their brain. In reality, we use 100% of our brain. Or maybe, let's put that another way. 100% of our brain is in use, all of the time. Our brain is composed of many different parts that are responsible for many different functions of our body. Roots of this myth started well over 100 years ago 
were promulgated through the mid-1900s and enhanced by Hollywood movies where characters were granted use of 100% of the mythical 10% brain. In the last few years, I've heard many an equine myth. We could probably write an entire book on them, and I'm sure it would be hilarious. But for now, let's focus on the horse's eyes and vision. Pardon the pun there. Get that? Focus on the horse's eyes? Okay, let's move on. Myth. A horse cannot see directly in front of itself. Fact. A horse can most definitely see directly in front of itself. Where can a horse not see? This is so simple you'll poke yourself in the eye when you realize it. A horse, or any other animal with eyes for that matter, including us, cannot see through opaque matter. Agree with me so far? You can't see through a steel door. You can't see through your arm. You can't see your hand if you put it under your chin, or your finger if you put it under your nose, because part of your face blocks it. For the horse, they can't see where part of their body blocks their line of sight either. With their eyes located somewhat to the side of their head, and placement varies, they cannot see a cone of space between their eyes. The point of that cone is infinitesimally small and likely only extends an inch, plus or minus, depending on their head shape, from their forehead. Would you like to test this fact? Close one of your eyes. Go get a horse. Now, hoping that your horse doesn't mind face-to-face -face contact, move your open eye to a spot between the horse's eyes. You'll eventually get to a spot where you can't see the horse's eyes anymore. Only their head. Within that distance, they can't see your eye either. You've found the spot they can't see in, and it's tiny. If you can see the horse's eyes, they can see yours. It's common sense when you think about it. Here's something to think about too. If you're curious about how limited human vision is, try this. Put a finger up in front of your face, in front of your nose, at a point you can focus on it. Now, close one eye. Move your finger to the side of your closed eye until your finger is no longer in view. That is the limit of our eye's vision. Would you like another one? Our ability to read text is limited to an incredibly small portion of our vision. Try this. Find some written text on a piece of paper. Focus on a word. Now, with your eyes locked on that word, and don't cheat and move them, see if you can read any other words around it. You're likely limited to only one word in any direction. You can see the words, but your brain just can't make sense of them. Myth. A horse sees in black and white. Fact. A horse sees in color. Humans have three types of cones in our eyes, red, green, and blue. This allows us to see the color spectrum that we're familiar with. The colors we see are limited to combinations of certain amounts of those three colors. 
If you can remember the CRT, the old style tube televisions, if you looked really close at them, you'd see those three colors. That allows the screen to show all the colors our eyes can see. If you've done any photo editing or graphic design, you'll know that in an 8-bit color system, we can choose to set the red, green, and blue color levels from 0 to 255 to come up with all combinations of colors. A horse, however, only has two types of cones, green and blue, so they cannot see use of red. That doesn't mean red-colored objects are invisible. Likely, they're just gray. Remember that colors are made up of mixtures of red, green, and blue. So most red-colored objects would have some green and blue in them too. An orange object, for example, would likely appear to a horse as a faded yellow. Myth. When you move from one side of the horse to the other, you disappear. Fact. It's the same with people. But the horse is much more capable than we are. If you walk in front of the horse from one side to the other, you will not at all disappear from view. We busted that myth already. A horse might struggle with having you on their right side more than their left, but that isn't because you appeared out of the ether. If you walk behind a horse from one side to the other, and the horse does not turn their head to watch you, then yes, you will disappear from view when their body blocks their line of sight. However, you'll likely have to be standing sideways and be right up behind their butt for this to happen. Even in that case, if they were interested in what you were doing back there, they only need to bend their neck or turn their head a few degrees to see you. Consider our human limitation. Stand somewhere and look forward. Now have someone walk from the left to the right behind you. And think about when that person disappears and reappears in your view. Our vision is a lot more limited than the horse's. I've heard a parent tell a child, don't walk up behind a horse because they don't know you're there. Now, let's look at some facts here. A horse is a prey animal, and as such, is exceptionally aware of what's going on in the space around them, including behind them. We drive horses. We work them from behind in groundwork and liberty. Another myth? Busted. And even a human with very limited sensory capabilities is aware when someone walks up behind them without looking. So how would a myth like this get started? Likely because a parent was concerned about the welfare of a child, perhaps being kicked because they got too close up behind a horse. It's certainly easier to say, they don't know anything is behind them, than to launch into a factual explanation about the horse's spatial awareness, ability to handle pressure, and defensive mechanisms. And that child grows up with that myth as a belief, and shares it with their children. And thus, 
a myth pervades in our equine society. One of the most detrimental myths I've heard lately is this one. Myth. Never look a horse in the eye because it's a sign of aggression. Fact. Nothing could be further from the truth. Horses are incredibly empathically sensitive. What that means is they can feel what you're feeling. So if you look at a horse in the eye, feeling this, I am going to eat you for lunch. Then yes, you can most certainly expect that they'll pick up on your aggression and respond with defensiveness. In stark contrast, consider how incredibly powerful eye contact is between two people. Pretend for a second that you're lying on the ground busted up after being pulled from a car wreck. You're scared, in shock, in pain, not sure if you're even going to survive. Then a paramedic kneels over you and says, Hey, buddy, just look at me. You're going to be fine. With your eyes locked on theirs, you trust them and you have hope. Through eye contact, we can instantly change how another person feels. And guess what? We can do the exact same thing with a horse. Horses reside in varying levels of fear. Fear is a survival mechanism that has kept prey animals, like horses, alive for millennia. When a horse is anxious or afraid, there is one absolutely essential go-to position, and that is right in front of their face, where you can look them right in the eyes. And in that moment, you relax. Connect to the lead rope like we've shown you and ask them to release tension, to follow you in release. It's the biggest game changer I can think of because in that connection, you can literally change how your horse feels about something. You can replace fear with confidence, just like that paramedic. I'm currently working with a very defensive wildy mare. She has learned that she can leave if she's scared, and that's okay but the best feel she can ever experience is when we're face to face, eyes to eyes. In that, we can communicate like we can in no other way. When she comes toward me, it's out of trust, and only when our eyes are locked on each other. Eye contact is one of the most important ways we communicate and it doesn't take much research to find factual information to support that. From false to fact. Just how are myths given credibility then? Myths are given credibility when they are used to answer a question to which the answer is an unknown for many people. Consider this postulation. The Earth is flat. 
Many people believed that, and some still do, because there was no way for the common person to dispute it. Folks would have accepted that as a truth, for it was communicated from authoritative, trusted figures. Today, though, you only need to look out the window of an airplane to see the planet's curvature. You can purchase a spaceflight if you're still not convinced. Myths are also given credibility when people that we consider credible cite them, such as people of authority, political leaders or rulers. People were raised to believe and not question, such as teachers or professors. Friends and family that we trust. People that we believe are more knowledgeable than us, our coaches or trainers. And people that have a skill set that we lack, scientists, doctors or engineers. A knowledge problem that we have in our society is that absolutely anyone can come up with a statistic or an example to prove anything they want. Social media has further diluted any line that there ever may have been between fact and fiction. If some miscellaneous piece of fiction has a nice picture and eloquent wording beside it, well, then it must be true, right? Here's my advice. Question everything. It's how we learn. The next time you head out to your horse, have an eyes-to-eyes -eyes conversation. Take a deep breath and relax, and see if they don't do the same. Hey, hi, Ditch. What's that? <coughs> yeah, yeah, sure, I can tell them that. We put in several days of work for each one of our podcast episodes. Don't get me wrong, it's a lot of fun. But production, including all of our recording and editing gear, does have a cost. We'd be so grateful if you can support us. And our plans start as little as $3 Canadian per month. It's super easy to sign up for and includes lots of amazing benefits from Amazing Horse Country merch to live streaming webinars. Take a minute and head to patreon.com slash amazinghorsecountry and help us out. Thanks in advance. And thanks, Ditch. Amazing Horse Country. Inspiring connection. Creating success. It's what we do.